chance to have a few thoughts on my heart. It's been a recurrent thought. I really didn't know where God was going with it. thought it may just be for me. And he's kept bringing it back and bringing it back and bringing it back to my mind. And I was aggravating Elias. You get a kick out of this while you're finding your spot there. I was aggravating Elias, telling him that I said, guess who I'm going to preach on tonight. He looked at me perplexed, and I said, I'm going to preach on Jonah. And he said, are you going to preach on Veggie Tales? (laughs) I said, no. I said, I think they'll kick me out. I said, if I get up there and start singing about Jonah was a prophet from the pulpit in Veggie Tales. Amen. If y'all have ever watched it, you can, uh, you'll agree with me. It'll about make you put your head through the wall by the time you've listened to it about a million times. But we'll be in Jonah chapter 1. I'm going to read the scripture here. It says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with him unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. When the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them, but Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said every one to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then he said unto them, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation and whence comest thou? What is thine country and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Let us pray. You most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, I'm just humbled to be behind this pulpit. Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity. Uh, God, Lord, just to preach your word. Lord, I just pray for the next few moments. Uh, Lord, that I might be an encouragement and a help to somebody, God, Lord, but... Lord, at the same time, Lord, that we might challenge him, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for this day. God, Lord, just help us, Lord, in the next few moments. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So we all know the story of Jonah. Uh, we could sit here and we could talk about it. We've all heard it since we was little. Uh, I just keep finding myself more and more preaching well-known Bible stories and just preaching them in a different aspect than I've heard them, than, I've, than I remember them and than I've preached them before. 
Uh, if you'll get to reading this Bible, it's inexhaustible. You can read the same Scripture, and you can preach it a hundred different ways. And, and I thank God for that. But as we find Jonah here, and, and I'll get to where I'm going in just a minute. Just bear with me. I'm going to pull out a few points, and I'm just going to give you a thought, and I'll be done. Uh, a short person with a short message. Amen. If you can't beat them, you got to join them. But we find Jonah's calling. We see Jonah's divine calling here in the very first. It says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before thee. So we see that the prophet here has been given his divine calling. He's been told what he needs to do. God's told him what is required of him. And so no, it's to know a point that we see, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but in the story of Jonah, Jonah had a big task at hand. God didn't tell Jonah, go down there and pray with so-and-so. He didn't tell Jonah, throw a few extra dollars in the offering plate. God told Jonah to go down there and cry against the people for their wickedness. Now, if you know anything about what's going on in the world today, flip the news on for at least 30 seconds in the morning, and you're going to see what kind of wickedness is going on in this world today. So you imagine going into these places uh, that all this is taking place and, and doing what Jonah was going to do here. That's a big task. That's a big task at hand for Jonah. Uh, we went to Asheville yesterday, and I'm telling you, that place is just a cesspool. Man, that place is just wicked. Uh, we was leaving Asheville yesterday, and it, I don't know nothing about Asheville. I get in Asheville, I have to hook up the GPS. I can't, get, I can't get around in there, and that ain't a bad thing, amen? But I got over there, and as we was leaving there yesterday evening, uh, we started down, I told Terry, I said, get that GPS going. I said, because I ain't getting lost in the middle of Asheville. I ain't getting lost over here. And we got to going down a side street. You know, it takes you on the quickest route. It don't say the safest route, but the quickest route. And there was some guy over there out in the middle of the highway. He had some big stick-looking thing in one hand, a belt in the other, he was just a hollering up into the sky, slinging at the yellow line, beating in the road. And I told Terry, I said, man, I said, it's so wicked over here. I said, this place is just filthy and wicked. And all the bars just running wild on the street down through there. And I told her, I said, I said, I'm so glad that I don't have to be anywhere near all this. But that's the kind of lifestyle and this wickedness. That's what Jonah was going to go preach against. So we got to take into consideration his divine calling but where he was going to have to go. Not that that's an excuse, but God put a big call on his life. Amen. If you're a man of God here tonight, you have a major call on your life. That's not to be took lightly. But we see not only his divine calling, but his disobedience. Quickly after there, he got his, his divine calling. We see a quick disobedience here from Jonah. The Bible says there in verse 3, But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with him unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, I believe that we have a great Bible-believing church, but you get into the presence of the Lord, you get people when they come in the back door and say, man, don't you just want to see the Lord today? Amen, brother. Yeah, we're here to see. But we find ourselves and we look down on Jonah and we say, why in the world? And I asked myself that as I was studying. Why in the world would Jonah want to flee from the presence of God? Why would Jonah want to get away from the presence of God? 
And I still have a lot of questions that I don't think I'll ever have the answer to on this side of eternity. But I see a fear in Jonah. Jonah had a fear of that calling. Now most of the time I've, I've heard men of God saying, God told me to preach, I went for it. I've heard of it. But I'd say the majority of the time when God starts dealing with somebody and tells them, hey, I want you to preach, it's like, hold up, Lord. Hold up a minute, Lord. You know, I get what you want to do here. I get you want to use me. But can't you find another route? Come on, we're the same as Jonah here. God tells us to do something, and the first thing we say is, Lord, I don't know about that road. How about, how about we take a different avenue? We want, the, we want to do the quickest way. We want to do the safest way. We want to get things done our way. And we don't always want to take into consideration what God's doing. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You know the story of Jonah and all the people that, that they repented. Amen. I mean, it's a glorious story. He preached. They listened. They repented. Amen. But Jonah didn't take into consideration what the payout might be here. He wasn't taking into consideration that there were souls in the balance right here. And we see that his direct disobedience. Go on down there uh, to about verse 9. I see not only do we see his calling and his disobedience, but we see a declaration. We see that he gets into the, to the midst of this storm. And might I add, I was talking with a, a friend today, and he said the funny thing about Jonah is he said, Jonah was not only the source of that storm, it, Jonah was the problem, Jonah was the solution. Jonah's what started it there because of his disobedience, but him getting tossed into it was the solution to make it stop. And I got thinking on that, and you chew on that a little later. But we see a declaration come out of Jonah here in verse 9. I wish we could go through each verse, but for the sake of time I won't. But verse 9 says, and this is after that they've asked him, when the lots fell on Jonah, it says, and he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. So Jonah is running from somebody he knows. Jonah don't say, well, I'm not sure about this Lord. I'm not sure about this this God. Jonah says, I'm a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven. He calls Him for who He is. He gives Him recognition and He recognizes His authority and His power here, which hath made the sea and the dry land. But Jonah ran from Him. I said, why in the world would Jonah run from God? The God that he knew, the God that he knew his power, the God that he knew who he was, what he was capable of, why would Jonah run from God? And it's like God said, well, you've done it before. Well, you've done it before. Get personal. I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. Well, you've done it before. And as I said, as I, as I study and sat there, I was thinking... What about for salvation? He said, how many times did I come to you and you ran? You knew who I was. You knew what I was capable of. But you ran. When I called you to do something, you knew who I was. You knew what I could do. You had seen things I'd done. But you ran. When I called you to preach, you didn't answer the call first time. You ran. You knew who I was, what I was capable of, but you still decided 
to run anyways. And that's what we see taking place here in Jonah's life. He ran from the will of God. And I believe a lot of it, I believe Jonah was scared. I believe Jonah was scared to take that leap of faith. And we say, well, poor old Jonah, he just didn't know. Amen. We're in the same boat. I'm preaching to, I'm preaching to Christians, Bible-believing people. We run from the will of God so many times in our lives when God says to do things. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about big things of uh, turn it all over, sell it all, go to a new land and be a missionary or somewhere you've never been before. I'm not talking about big things. I'm talking about even just the little things. We don't want to believe God. We want to do just like Jonah. And we want to try to take our, get in our ship and go somewhere else oh, yeah. thinking that God's going to give up on that. But we see that declaration come out of Jonah. And Jonah goes on over and we know that Jonah gets uh, through into the water. They didn't want to do it. Now this is men that he had never met before. This is men that he didn't know. But they still didn't want to cast him overboard. We learn there in the scripture that they tried. They tried their best. But Jonah was the solution. Jonah was the solution there. God was getting Jonah to a place that Jonah was going to become obedient. And I thought about that and I thought, man, wouldn't it just have been easier if Jonah just went to Nineveh? I believe God done, I believe God had done went ahead of Jonah. I, I, I fully believe that. You can, you can believe what you want. But I believe that if Jonah would have went the first time, I believe the people would have repented. I believe Jonah going the second time, the people repented. I believe that was going to have the same outcome no matter what. But this is solely looking at Jonah here. And Jonah getting in or out of the will of God. Turn over to chapter 3. Chapter 3. We know what's all taking place. We know that Jonah's in the belly of the well. We know that Jonah prayed unto God. And, and, and my, what a prayer come out of Jonah. And, and I got thinking about it and I thought, well, yeah, I'd have probably tried to get some, I'd probably tried to get a good prayer going on too if I was in the belly of a well. Amen. I'd have, I don't know what I'd have been praying, if I'd have been praying. But I got there in chapter 3 and it says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach, and, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey, and Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So lastly, we see Jonah's decision. Jonah's decision. Stay with me here for just a minute. I promise I'll be done. Jonah's decision. Jonah had a decision to make. Now I believe it could, I believe it could have ended for Jonah in the belly of the whale. Yeah. In the belly of the great fish. Whatever you call it. I'll call it a whale. I'll get stuck on that. But I believe that Jonah could have died there. I believe God put Jonah in the midst of a storm. John, or God pulled Jonah into the belly of that whale so God could get Jonah into a place where God could use him. And we see that he did come unto him a second time. But I find it interesting that if you look at chapter 1 and you look at chapter 2, he says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. He tells him the same thing twice. God's will for his life didn't change. God's plan for his life didn't change. That what God was wanting him to do did not change just because he wanted it to change. 
And so many times, again, we find ourselves, or I find myself saying, Lord, how about we do this a little differently? God, how about we take a different outlook on this? God, I, I'll do what you're asking me to do, but let me do, it my, let me do it my way. I think I can handle this a little bit better. But that's the thing about it. We need to get the eyes out of there. And we need to start getting to the place like Jonah got when he said, Lord, if you'll just let me go, I'll go, I'll go to Nineveh. Lord, if you'll let me live, I'll go to Nineveh. God, I'll do whatever it is that you want me to do. See, it shouldn't have to take a storm in our life. It shouldn't have to take us hitting rock bottom like Jonah before we decide, okay, Lord, I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. So through it all, and I'll be, and I'm almost done, through it all, don't wait for the fish to come. You say, what, what are you talking about here? God's been saving people in this church. I believe if I'm not, correct me if I'm wrong, God put way more in our missions fund than we anticipated. Almost getting close to doubling it. God's doing big things in this church. But with, but with big things coming, that means God's going to do some big calling on some people. And I was really wasn't sure why God kept bringing this back and bringing this back. And this really is not at all what I wanted to preach tonight. But God kept bringing this thought back to my mind and back to my mind. Why are we waiting for the well before we get in God's will? What is God asking you to do? You say, well, are you, are you, you're, you're preaching to the men. You're, God's trying to call somebody to preach. Maybe He is trying to call somebody to preach. I don't know. That ain't my job. That, that's between them and God. But I'm, not, I'm talking to everybody. I'm talking to Concord Baptist Church. What is God asking you to do that you're putting off? What is God asking you to do that you're waiting on Him to put you in the midst of a storm or put you in the midst of the belly of a whale before you're going to say, okay, God, I'll do it. You think about these people that say, man, I run for years and years, and they say, I wish I'd have just gave in. You listen to people's salvation stories that ran for years and years, they say, I wish I'd have listened the first time. Hey, we're all that same human creature. Why are you putting off instead of giving in and getting into the will of God? I bet if anything, if we could bring Jonah right back up here, he could tell a good story, but I believe at the end of it, he'd say, I wish I'd have just went to Nineveh. I believe, I believe that. I believe he'd have said, I, you know, I got a great testimony out of it, but I wish I'd have just went to Nineveh. You hear these people with great testimonies that none of them say, I'm so glad I lived in sin. I'm so glad I run from God. Nobody ever says that we got to get in the will of God. And that's the thing about it. That's personal. Me and you got a different will for our lives. We may both be preachers, but we're going to go different directions. Every single person in here, God has a purpose and a will for your life. I love the story of Ruth. You look at somebody with a purpose. You get to looking at Boaz. You get to looking at all these handfuls of purpose. If you've ever heard that... I think everybody in here has probably heard that message preached at some point. You're a child of God. You have a purpose. That ain't for me to decide. That's between you and God. But for whatever that purpose is, I don't know where anybody's at tonight in their own lives. I, I really don't know who this is for. Maybe this, maybe this is for me. I don't know. Maybe this is for something coming down the line. I don't know. 
But don't run from it. Don't run from it. Don't let it take a storm. Don't let it, don't let it take going in. Don't, I guess my message is this. Don't wait for the whale. Get in. Jump in. I heard a preacher say one time, he said so many people, they want to do just like going down to the river. He said they want to get in about ankle deep and say, boy, it sure does feel good. And he said, and then you got some people that will get in about waist deep. And he said, they'll say, oh, that sure feels good. He said, but what God's really wanting is for people to wade out and just let the water take them and just let God do with them as they may. And that's what God's asking of each and every one of us. So again, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you've been dealing with. I don't know what God's been dealing with anybody's heart about. But get in the will of God. Because I don't feel like God gave me this message for nobody. God don't, God don't miss. That's the thing about it. God don't miss. You say, does it have to be about carrying the gospel somewhere? Nope. God may be doing with you about something small. God may just be telling you to do something. It may be a one-time thing that you may think is silly and insignificant. But let me tell you something. If God tells you to do it, you better do it. Because if not, you're going to find yourself like Jonah. You're going to find yourself in the midst of a storm. You're going to find yourself in the midst of it all. And you're going to be saying, man, I sure wish I'd have done what God would have me to do. Now, don't you think about what I'm about to say. I wonder how many people in our church as the Holy Spirit is moving in these days. I wonder how many of you would be willing to get out of your pew and get in this altar and volunteer to the Lord to do something uncomfortable for you. I wonder. 